Footy Ado, a delusional soccer podcast. Footy Ado, a soccer delusion shared by two brothers in close association. a nightmare from let me start i'm gonna start with this it's a shame that they've just called off the ball and door this year and we all know why they were afraid to give it to olivier Giroud. since returning before lockdown, 14 games, 4 goals. After lockdown, 8 games, 5 goals. 9 goals, wow. They're afraid, that's the thing. It's 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 a political move. They're afraid to give it to Olivier Giroud. Now that you've started on this note, uh, just before we get into things, it's a, it is a bit of a shame for uh, Robert Lewandowski. It really is. We were talking about this a couple, probably a couple days ago. Now, who do you think is going to get the Ballon d'Or? It's not going to be, yeah, probably not going to be Messi. Do people do people have like people have like, put bets on it, right? So I'm assuming they get their money back. Yeah, that would be a, a money return thing. But Robert Lewandowski is having, even at what like 32, is having one of the best seasons of his career, if not the best. Um, Just give the award. It doesn't matter. 31 years old. So sorry. So like, sorry. It doesn't, like, oh, like, oh, the circumstances are weird. Okay, who was the best player in the circumstances? Everyone has the same, like, they all have, everyone has weird circumstances. Yeah, it's not, not like, everyone has the same circumstances because there have been leagues called off, but the only players that affect would be um, maybe the players in the French league because that's the only... Or the Dutch, I mean, yeah. Yeah, in the I Dutch league, but the that's the only top-tier league. Yeah, with top like, tier, Europe's yeah. top five. That's where the Ballon d'Or winner is going to come if from. But if you're worried about that, just count it pre-lockdown. Yeah, I, like, so I know that I know that it's a calendar year type thing, so they can't do pre-lockdown because that only gives you three months, two months of football to, to judge off of. It's a calendar year... Award. It's not a seasonal award, but so give looking it to looking at Olivier looking at a seasonal award. Um, I don't have the the calendar stats for Lewandowski. No. In forty three appearances in all competitions, he has fifty one goals and six assists. He played thirty one matches in the Bundesliga and scored thirty four times while adding four assists. Eleven think- goals in six Champions League games. That is yeah. so harsh on a player who is at 31 years old having, like I said, the best season of his career. Do you think they would have called it off had it been clear no. that Messi or Ronaldo were going to No. Get? I don't. Yeah. And that gets into the political landscape of everything. Yay, And politics. we're not going to go down that we road. We love the but, politics. Um, yeah, there's games on today. There's games on. There's games on every day. It makes yeah. it a nightmare. A nightmare for for podcast recording. But yeah, um, let's just say this real quick. What do you do? It's an L2A production. It you is. can check out our other podcasts, um, Banana Land and Cue the Banter. Um, find both of those on Twitter at just those those two names at Cue the Banter at Banana Land, and follow us at l 2 Podcast on Twitter. Um, and at Footy Ado on Twitter, might as well might as well plug ourselves at the beginning of this one. But yeah. um, before we the get guys won't do it the, for us. The gist of this podcast, 
is going to be the FA Cup. We're going to talk the two FA Cup semifinals mm-hmm. um, and those results. Um, but before we dive into that, it's a sad, sad day for Jared because Hot Nigel will not be on our TV screens for the yeah. remainder of the season. Nigel Pearson sacked from if we were Watford. Naming, yeah, if we were naming episodes the way we used to, it'd be... It'd be uh, by Hot Nigel. Like, yeah, or like Hot Nigel board the train or something. Yeah. Um, but Hot Nigel is Nigel Pearson, according to Jared. And right, and it was I'm just... I'm not arguing was, against that I, idea, I was planning but, on starting to, like, you know, just drive that point forward. Like, that was going to be a, a running bit on this podcast that Nigel Pearson is now hot, and I can't do it anymore. It's yeah. probably for the best. <laughs> yeah. It's probably better for our listeners' ears. Not for the ears. team. No, 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 no. Uh, but, but how tough is it? I'm not even... I don't I don't even care who they add. It's They added someone to so they're playing an Manchester City They're Arsenal. playing Manchester City and Arsenal. Why disrupt... Why disrupt it? So is this how many? How many managers have they had this season? Who who did they start the season with? They started uh, Javi Grazia. With this, that was this season. Yeah, remember there was a global. global There's pan- a global pan- pandemic. pandemic. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, 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 okay. So uh, Hayden Mullins is the current. Uh, the is he the interim? He, he yeah he's the interim um, or the caretaker. He was uh, the. The under twenty three manager, which I don't believe they're actually like training right now. The under twenty three, so it makes sense. But um, they started with Javi Gracia. You're that is incredible, incredible. Sacked him, brought in Kike Sanchez Flores. Sacked him. Hayden Mullins took charge as a caretaker for two year. matches. Yeah. Nigel Pearson comes in. Sack him and Hayden Mullins what back in the job. What is what is Nigel Pearson's performance for Watford this season? Um, let's take a look. What are these? Uh, because bar that okay. that West Ham game, he had done a pretty good job. They had seemed pretty comfortable. Now they still twenty two games, up. seven wins, five draws, ten losses. So you have this. Here's you the, sent this to me. Nigel Pearson has the best win rate and points per game ratio of any Watford manager in. Premier League history. Yeah, Watford. They get. I mean, they they get rid of managers too easily. Yeah. Um. You know, even when they finish higher on the table than everyone else thinks they should. Uh, but the thing, yeah, like the, it's such a weird. It's a, it was a weird decision, especially because they had done pretty good. They seemed pretty comfortable. Obviously, there is a chance they go down still. But it it's they could lose their last two games and still stay up. Yeah. Well, let's let's look real quick at the they were promoted um, their first season in the Premier League. Their first season back in the Premier League was the fifteen sixteen season. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Nine manager, nine managers appointed. Obviously, uh, Hayden Mullins counts twice there, um, as does Kike Sanchez Flores. But, you know, you go back to when they were promoted, Slavisa Jokanovic was the manager that brought them up, mm-hmm. and um, he was sacked. He didn't. He got them promoted from the championship and didn't take charge of a Premier League match. Um, so it's just, there's sources inside the club that are describing uh, the situation there as a circus. 
Yay. Good. Um, so not good. Not good. Not good for Watford right now. Um, but with their two matches remaining, and it, it, it seems like they might just be far enough ahead because that that result for Bournemouth yesterday was um, that was gut wrenching for two people who are not supporters of of that club to watch. So I cannot even imagine what it was like for not only the supporters, the players, but Eddie Howe as well. Yeah. Um, that must, that, that just, that was a tough, tough match to watch. But, um, any more thoughts on, on the departure of hot Nigel? No, I I wonder where he'll, if, if anyone will scoop him up or if we'll probably, I mean, we'll probably, or if him. Watford win the Premier League next season. Right. It's Ranieri, to the Hornets. Watford well, about to have some some weird parties. Yeah, it's going to be fun. We'll get into the uh, FA Cup in just a second, but we're going to run to an ad break very quickly. Enjoying footy you do? If you're a fan of Zach and Jared's, you're going to love another Iltoe production, Banana Land. Each week, we'll talk about socially dystopian topics that are sure to get you talking. Topics like the Mandela Effect, what your tombstone will say, or even the origins of mankind. There's something for everyone. Sounds interesting, right? Check us out on Twitter, Instagram, and stream wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back to Footy Do. We've talked all the important things of, uh, you know, Robert Lewandowski being snubbed. Hot Nigel. The amount, the, the amount of times I get to say Hot Nigel on one podcast. Hot Nigel 2020. Hot Nigel 2020. Um, we might be better off in that situation. Yeah. Even if, even if it includes the, uh, the bit of controversy, yeah. con- controversy that uh, ended his Leicester City spell. That might spice things up. Who knows? But let's uh, let's hop right in to the oh, FA Cup. Oh boy! <laughs> oh boy! Let's hop right into the FA Cup. Um, what do you mean hop right in? Hop right in. We ten about minutes like, in. Four, we've talked about four other. Topics all right, all right, all right. We're gonna start. We're gonna go in the order that the that it happened. Okay. Saturday. Arsenal two. Manchester City nil. If you do hear a little bit of panting, it's a it's we're in a bit of a bit of a heat wave, and intern Maisie is uh, having a rough time because she is a uh, dog with a thick black coat, which uh, does not go well in the heat. But um, back to the FA Cup. Arsenal 2, Man City nil, a brace from Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, and Arsenal find a way to get back to the FA Cup final. They had not beaten Manchester City. They had not taken points off of Manchester City. Um, since they met in, well, I guess not points, but since they met in the uh, 2017 FA Cup semifinal. And um, it was the last time City lost in the FA Cup. Yeah. Um, and now the stats are in favor of City um, for the most part, except when it comes down to shots on a goal, really. Yeah. Uh, City took 16 shots. They only put one of them on target, which is absurd for yeah. a team that is usually as good in front of goal as they are. Um, Arsenal took four shots; all four of them were on target. Yeah. Um, so that kind of shows the difference. The difference between you know taking your chances. Yeah, um, we wa- we had we actually have a there's a lost episode somewhere of us. We decided we recorded. 
for whatever reason, you know, uh, we were at uh, our brother's next house where we had just recorded a Keith the Banter episode, so we had the setup, so we're like, ah, let's just hit record. Yeah. And watch the game. Have it, live commentary, so... Uh, that's that's a lost episode. Who knows if we'll ever release it? We don't but, know if that ever if we don't know if anyone ever wants to hear it. But yeah, we'll, but we'll see. But you um, guys were nervous. I mean, you were certainly uh, feeling some dread that first fifteen minutes because it was all city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, like their way seventy seventy one percent possession right. on a day. Like it had to feel like they were working their way into the game and they were going to finally get their break. You know, break the deadlock. Um, but you know, of course. Arsenal get that goal against the run of play, mm-hmm. and it totally just it totally changes the game because City at then they never grew into the game. Yeah, they had they they had the ball, they had much more of the ball, but they didn't really, as you said before, they didn't really sh- have that many shots on target. They they were trying to. There was a lot of passing in and around the box. Arsenal's uh, Arsenal had a lot of players behind the ball, um, and they they sort of crowded up that space. They which allowed didn't allow City to really get that many clear cut chances off, um, and it it's just it overall it seemed like it was it could have been a dominant performance for Manchester City, yeah. but instead, given how much of the ball they had, it was a disastrous performance. It was yeah. it was absolutely now, terrible. Now, in the span of a week, um, Arsenal have beaten Liverpool, the champions, and the former champions, uh, Man City, holders of of the, the FA, FA Cup. Um, a team who are very much one of the favorites for the Champions League, mm-hmm. so we thought. We'll see how, how they do. Yeah. I do expect them to get past Real Madrid in the second leg. Um, but then moving forward, it's it's a whole a whole other game. Such um, a weird atmosphere for a semifinal, too. It really like, is. Uh, I it, was watching the highlights of the Chelsea game, um, and like after that, they're shaking hands, after the, the manager's shaking hands, and it's like, this just seems like the end of a friendly. It does, and like... It it seems like that, um, especially in Wembley. Like a, a behind closed doors match at the Vitality Stadium is much different than behind closed doors at Wembley, which seats ninety thousand versus the eleven thousand that. Give yeah, the head like Vitality. Like, all right, give me, like all right, put banners. All right, you could. Yeah, banners. banners yeah, and the, the entire seats. first um, um, section. So allow them to get creative. But um. Player performances from Arsenal, obviously Pierre Aubameyang with the two goals, um, was a standout, and but the the turnaround from the last City performance for David Luiz was sensational, um, and writing I was think on, writing was on the wall for him. Yeah, after the it's first game it's not only very promising but it, it's also what makes him such a frustrating player because you know he's capable of this type of performance mm-hmm. and that's why it's frustrating when you see him put in a performance like he did at the Etihad yeah um, yeah we talk about we talk about David Luiz all the time but like look at his career look where he's played like he's played for clubs like PSG Chelsea mm-hmm. Arsenal he's only really ever since he's like gone to a big club he hasn't left he hasn't gone to like a smaller like, he, like he's stale he's even stale his days in in Portugal he was playing for Benfica right it's, yeah like it's not like he came up with a very small club and yeah. then he's made always big. Like, been prominent he, with Brazil mm-hmm. you know like one of the best international sides ever yeah and you also will hear this on the uh, lost episode if it was ever released but since we don't know if it will be 
we'll we'll make the point that Jared predicted a man of the match performance from David Louise. And also in this match, I was discussing how Granite Shaka may not be the best player for Arsenal, but certainly in Mikel Arteta's setup, he has slowly become the most important. Um, he got a 10 out of 10 in this match. He was fantastic in midfield. We talked about when the lineups came out. Granite Chaka and Danny Ceballos in midfield versus Ilkay Gundogan, David Silva, and Kevin De Bruyne. Mm. And they did just fine. Now, tactically, um, Lacazette recently has been playing as a false nine, and um, he has been kind of sitting on the deepest midfielder. And Pep knew this, but Arteta even shifted things because they, they had De Bruyne sit deeper. So Shaka really was able to pay attention and keep De Bruyne um, kind of isolated yeah. from the rest of his team. And even when he got wide, defending Ainsley Maitland-Niles down that left-hand side was was brilliant um, at the back. I you know We talked a little bit about how maybe I want to see Bukayo Saka come on because Maitland-Niles going forward, the crosses were right kind of there, falling but... to his left foot, which is his weaker foot, and Saka can it puts him right on the mark. But the defending of Maitland Niles was was just he did fantastic. All he to do. Exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it was just an all around performance, and you hear the players talking, and you know the the one uh, player performance that I do want to touch on before kind of talking about the team before we move on to the second semifinal. Oh, the one, yeah, the one performance. Yeah. That no, the, the the last performance. I mean, uh, the one more. Really. Uh, Kieran Tierney. At, uh, yeah, he's playing a left center back role, which um, maybe isn't his best. But like, if Arsenal had a center back to slide in there, and had, we had Kieran Tierney on the left hand side at left wing back, I think he might look a little bit better there. Uh, but he he's been since the restart has been fantastic, yeah. and you know he didn't play for Mikel Arteta before the restart because of his injury. Um, he was injured actually during Freddie Youngberg's uh, reign as the interim manager this year at West Ham. It was yeah, also this year. Yeah. Um, so he has turned it on, and he he he's like a modest type of player because he plays that ball and gets the assist on Aubameyang's second goal. And mm-hmm. after the match, says, "No, that's uh, that's uh, you know his goal. I don't see that as an assist. You know, I played a good ball, but he does everything to get that goal." Um, and then also after the match, uh, <laughs> there's pictures of the entire Arsenal team in the uh, in the locker room, and he's just flipping off the camera. Just doesn't give a fuck. I love it. I love it. Um, but uh, the whole team performed like Arteta set them up to. Yeah, and it's starting, um, things are starting to click. Things and the point David Luiz made after the match is exactly the point. Mikel Arteta made when he started this reign. We have to suffer together. Mm-hmm. Where we have to so like defensively, they've been a little bit weaker. If the team suffers together, you will see the results. Mm-hmm. And it's good to hear a manager say that so long ago and have a player say it in a post match, or a post match interview because you know that the team is listening to this coach. And I think, I think Mikel Arteta is a fantastic manager. Um, and this this game just kind of. Kind of proves it. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's obviously a small sample size right now, but yeah, this is he's proving that he deserves the backing 
of, exactly. of the club. So it's, be... I can do this with these players. What can I do if if you guys back me in in the transfer market? That's that's going to be huge. Now, Arsenal um, are the first in the final, moving on to Sunday with a Manchester United-Chelsea matchup. So, the semifinal, we've talked, we could have had a Manchester derby for the final, we could have had a London derby. The ones we really didn't want were uh, Manchester versus London, kind of either which way. Um, right, I didn't want Chelsea to play Man City because we had just beaten them, so I wouldn't, I would, I'd be nervous going into that, and yeah. as I've said before, Manchester United versus Arsenal is my least favorite fixture in the Premier League. It's a, <laughs> I mean, it might not have been this time around, but in the league, it's always, in the past couple of years, has been a reminder of where these teams have used to be. And it's like the quality has been just poor since, but both teams are, are improving. So, you know, that might be that might be something that would have been exciting yeah. uh, now, but I certainly didn't want it. Yeah, uh, but Sunday's, Sunday's semifinal brings us Chelsea 3, Manchester United 1, um, and of course it was a 3-0 lead. For, for uh, Chelsea, so it and a late penalty. I'm absolutely shocked that Manchester United were given a penalty and Bruno Fernandez was in the spot. Although this this one was one of the legitimate ones. No, yeah, definitely definitely legitimate. They probably could have had another one. You remember when Zuma was going to clear that ball and kick through uh, Martial, but they didn't call it. And then of course there was the injury to Bailly, and then Chelsea went on and scored. Um. Yeah, a lot of a lot of Man United fans are complaining on our Twitter from what I've seen about how all the f- the fouls that Chelsea committed, but no yellow cards were given. Which, uh, you know, I, I have to go back and look at them. Obviously, I'm fine with the way it went, but like twenty one fouls for for United, right and also, or for I mean, Chelsea. Sometimes it just depends no on the foul. Some of them seemed like weak calls anyway, yeah. and others. I mean, I personally think that we should give less yellow cards. Yeah. Because go back to the way it was a little bit because there's there's too many punishments on yellow cards mm-hmm. um, retroactively. So, but it is what it is. Uh, United didn't really, never really worked their way into the game. Um, Lampard got his tactics right um, and it seems like the, the changes that uh Solskjaer wanted to make maybe to give some players a rest. Obviously, there's important. There's final yeah. Game there's a the big big focus teams. on yeah. So there's some rotation with both sides. Um, obviously, it didn't really work as much for for Solskjaer's men. Yeah, both teams went with the back three, which was definitely expected from from Chelsea. Obviously, yeah, uh, United switched to a back four once Eric Bailly went off injured, and um, I haven't seen any news today about that injury. But hoping he's, that all, he's... he's been given the all clear. He's okay. at the hospital, but he's out for the remaining games. Okay. Uh, Lampard had said he wasn't expecting Solskjaer to go with the back three because they hadn't recent games. So, um, but so it was interesting to hear a manager say like, "Oh, I picked that." Like you know, seeing what he his team selection was. But to also be like, I was expecting the other manager to do something different. Yeah. Um, but it, to still yield the, the, the positive results for them. Um, yeah. Now, now, regardless of how um, how good in an attacking sense Chelsea were, we do have to talk about David De Gea. He should be saving those first two goals mm-hmm. ten times out of nine. He... He gets a hand on both of them, 
Um, Alligator Solskjaer said he should have saved the second. I didn't see what he said about the first. But um, pretty, pretty bad errors from, from De Gea, which not that United really deserved to win, but it is, it's got to be disappointing the way that they, they've yeah. lost. And, 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 and then followed by an own goal. An unlucky deflection, right. but still an own goal. Yeah, and I, like I said this to you, it's interesting now where like David, David De Gea used to be, like when Manchester United were under their, their normal standard, they, he would be a guy who saved them points. He would have earned them a point in games because of yeah. how excellent he'd been. And now, specifically, like you said, they didn't necessarily deserve to win this game, but he's the reason they lost. Yeah. Um, at that, like, you know, those mistakes are were, were detrimental to the side. So mm-hmm. it's weird to see De Gea being world-class, talks up as the best yeah. keeper. Um, but his team wasn't that good. And now he's... We've, we've just flip-flopped the rhetoric. Yeah, United yeah. have been amazing up front. Attacking has been great. They've been solid and great form. And he, uh, at times, can be a liability, which is just so weird to see that happen so quickly. Yeah, and for for Giroud to score in the 11th minute of first half stoppage time because of the injuries. Um, the best thing in sports. And then Mason Mount scores. So, yeah, Giroud scores in the 56th minute in the first half. Mount scores in the 46th minute in the second half. My favorite. It's the best um, So, one right before the half, one right after the half. Both howlers from David De Gea and both just unacceptable. I would, if if I'm him in that situation, I'm apologizing to my teammates for, for the performance I've put in because mm-hmm. it's it's a bit harsh sometimes when you're the last line and you make the mistake you're that last man but he's got he's got to do better there so um your thoughts on a rematch of the 2017 final i in I'm which in which it. arsenal did top chelsea 2-1 yeah i'm nervous cuz like a lot of like i've seen a lot of like chelsea fans were like Oh, like when Arsenal winning. Oh, so it's going to be an easy win for whoever wins our game. Yeah, and it's like ah, that's what it, that's what it always feels like against Arsenal. <laughs> Even when they are like, you know, Arsenal just have their stuff. Something about them when they go on these runs in the FA Cup, they beat City, they beat Pep City in twenty seventeen. Chelsea ran away with the league, had thirty wins in the league, and were comprehensive winners of the Premier League. They go up against Arsenal and. They lose. Like it, it, Arsenal and Wembley are just a solid. They're, yeah. they're, they're hard to it, top. In the FA so Cup I'm, runs, it's it. It's so weird. The, I remember. So the the run to the twenty fourteen final was. Um, it was an interesting one because every every match that Arsenal were drawn was a was a home match. Mm. Um, but they lost at Anfield. In the Premier League, five one. That was the year that they were at, away right. against the big six. They were losing all the time, so um, they they were thrashing Anfield. And then it was like a week later or something like that. They beat Liverpool in the FA Cup. Right. So they just have this. They, they had. They've won the most FA Cups. They've been to the most finals now. Um, they. I think they've been to one more final and won one more final than Manchester United now. Um, it's they just have this relationship and it's it's interesting to see because Mikel Arteta was very much a part of that run as a player 
He's yeah. won the FA Cup as a player. He's won the FA Cup now as an assistant manager. And yeah. now he let's see if he can win the final in charge. It's it's kind of cool to see two teams with former number eights uh, in charge going up against each other in this cup yeah. final. It's it's especially like Lampard. Yeah. It's his first full season mm-hmm. in charge, or it's his first season in charge. Mikel Arteta obviously came in halfway, but um, right. this FA Cup run is all his. Yeah, yeah. So like that's this is a it's a cool. It would be uh, cool a great um, you know reward for these. The, both these individual projects, um, and and what they're trying to start at this club, because obviously you have the Peps and the Klops, um, who are on top right now, and you know Manchester United has had an excellent run. They look like they're going to sneak into the top four. Um, they look like they're going to be big, big contenders next year. Whereas you know Chelsea have all these big signings coming in. Mourinho's going to have his first full season. Not first, no, no, he's going to have another year uh, under the belt at, at Tottenham. No, first full season. Poch got sacked this year. That was this year? Yes. Oh, my God. So I don't oh, know yeah, if no, you've heard, was there's, there was, was a global pandemic. Was so, yeah, Mourinho's first season. And, I, yeah, so, like, that, I think Tottenham and, and now specifically Arsenal are going to be a team that, especially depending on the back and they get yeah. in the transfer market. And they're going to be a team that, you know, they might be sleeper contenders for some, for, you know, for the title next year. Yeah. Um, um, just to go back to what I was saying, that it was February 8th, they lost at Anfield 5-1. February 16th, they beat Liverpool at the Emirates 2-1 to move on the FA Cup. Just to... Crazy. They yeah. just have a weird relationship with yeah. this cup, especially in recent years. Mm-hmm. Um, anything to add from, from semifinal two or uh, about the final? The final's August 1st. That will be... Uh, we'll talk about that. That's the next time we're going to be on the pod. I'm going to have to find a guest next week as you travel back to California. That is true. Yeah, or just release the last episode. Uh, the next time... Once you fail to <laughs> email anyone. The next time we release a pod, we will... One of us will be very, very happy. The other will be... Yeah, and it's... Uh, look, and, look, 2017, then tw- 2018, did we take a... 2018, we had... We took be, a break. But then we... Then the year after that, we faced each other in the Europa League final. Yeah. So it was... Chel- it was the Arsenal had won the FA Cup. Chelsea won the, the Europa League. And now we're here again. Tiebreaker. Let's see. Um, Tiebreaker. Eh, the, the Europa League performance is pr- pretty rough and meant a lot more. So, um, yes, at least from our standpoint, because you still got into the Champions League, and yeah. that that's the worry here. So, the the thing here is it's there's not a lot at stake for Chelsea. They be not to say that uh, yeah. the cup itself. That is it's a huge... The, it's for the but, silverware. But and, at, when we're talking about in terms of what it means for next season, it could mean... It could be the difference between no European football for Arsenal and Europa League football. When last year it was right. Europa, Chelsea, Europa League or Champions League. Chelsea are either getting Champions League, and if they don't, yeah. there's no way they're not going to qualify for Europa League via the league. Yeah, I so, did not mean to take away from the cup itself. No, 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 it's similar, to, similar, ways, similar to what we had last year. Yeah. Whereas Chelsea didn't the, need to win the Europa League for European quali- for the Champions League qualification last year, Arsenal did. Yeah, Chelsea you just want that, you want right? the trophy want either either way. Also, to get yeah, for Frank Lampard, you know, to get a trophy in his first season in charge, I think would be remarkable. to see expectations, and especially even the same Arteta, thing. The same thing, especially because yeah. he came in later. And the season for Arsenal has just been 
atrocious yeah. as yeah. as a whole. Yeah. Um, yeah, we have the the little blips like the the win against Liverpool was pretty funny um, because they really didn't deserve to win and right there was just two Liverpool were two yeah. of their best defensive you know the yeah. better players. Um, but this match it's a, a comprehensive. Not comprehensive as in they controlled it, but they they deserve to win the the semifinal. But when you look back at the season, if they don't lift the FA Cup, it's going to be one of the most painful seasons to look back on. Um, but I think uh, I think I'm good to leave it there if, if you're on the same page. Yeah. Um, what, be, what are we doing? On? We're a little over a half hour. A little over a half Not hour. too bad. A it, it'll be uh, it'll be nice to have you back in two weeks. Yeah. Um, who do you think you want to get? Who are you going to talk to? I don't know. Well, you got to figure out what, what clubs are relevant at the time. Yeah. Who's um, going to be relevant in a week? Well, we do have Championship Sunday, so it might be a relegation oh, special. Do do a relegation we special. might have a little Norwich, a little Bournemouth, and a little Aston mm. Villa guests. Maybe reach out to a Leeds guest. That That's for the season preview next year. Okay. That's for then. All right. We've already plugged everything, right? We have plugged everything. It is an Ilta Weight production. Follow us on Twitter at Ilta Weight Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Footy Ado, on Instagram at Footy Ado, and at Ilto 8 Production. On Instagram, yeah. Woo! Podcast on I'm Twitter. getting it right, baby. I'm getting it right. Sure. Um, Jared, the most important thing, as always, I'm hungry.